welcome. Step right in. Take a look around. I promise that no matter who you are, we've got something here for you. Think of any creature, any companion, any friend. We've got it. It's our business to provide to you our valued customer. Anything that you could possibly think of. Anything at all. So, think real hard. Because we've got all that and more here at Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. And we've arrived. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, he's still going there. You, you okay? Hi, guys. Hey, everybody. Welcome <laughs> back to another another fantastic episode of Zach Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. My name is Zach. Uh, my name is Griffin, and I'm still a little sick. So. He's- Still a bit of a sick boy. Uh, so my voice is fa- probably sounds better, but I'm also medicated, which means I'm a little loopier than usual. Loopy Griffin is fun, Griffin. Let's do this. Let's do this. Hey. All right. So let's do this. Hey, Zach. We've got. Let's do a this. new. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! As soon as we hit that record button, I don't know. Like it's like, because. Behind the curtain, real quick, we Zach and I have been talking for I don't know about an hour so far. Yeah, just like doing some pre-show and some behind-the-scenes stuff, mm-hmm. and like I think you can attest to the fact that I just completely change as soon as that record button. Yeah, no, is, is active. It's almost like you're a performer or something. Maybe, maybe that might I've be been, what it is. I've been known to perform every now and then. Now every now and again, and here we are. And here on, we are. On our show, we're doing it. All right, so everyone, we have a new segment <gasps> to start this show off. Griff knows about it. I know about it. It's fantastic, and we call this segment. Debuting here it is. It's Pet News. Pet News. It's a trial run. We can we'll workshop it. It'll be great. Anyway, pet news, where pet we bring news. you the best news about animals uh, out in the world uh, for you to know a little bit about what's going on with animals out in the world. Yeah. Take it away, Griff. There's this great story that I saw on, on Twitter about a really radical tortoise. Yes. Tell like, us all I, about it, please, and thank you. I don't even know how to start with this story, because like, I, I almost want to save it, save the zinger. Let me just say, okay, so uh, it's a Galapagos tortoise. Named Diego. Diego. Diego is a hundred years old. And um, I think it's fairly common knowledge that Galapagos turtles are uh, like pretty critically endangered. Yeah. But no longer. Not critically, at least. They're still in danger. They they're got still off in the danger. List. But they're off the critical list, largely in, in uh, thanks to Diego. The uh, Galapagos National Park announced that uh, they're ending their breeding program, saying that they've met their conservation goals. The program began in 1965, and at the time there were 14 tortoises. Yes, like at and the there, conser- and two, only two of them were male, right? Two were males. Twelve females, two males. A, in 1976, Diego was the third male introduced into the breeding program. And fucking Diego was an absolute stud and was for f- largely responsible for saving his species by just fucking nonstop. Yo. Okay, so, so he was introduced in 1975, you said? 76. It's 1976. So that was uh, almost 50 years ago. Yes. So he it, was just a young stud. He is 100 years old thing. now. And for about 50 years, he helped bring up the population to from 15, from 14, 15 to 2,000. Yo, Diego's been fucking twice as long as we've been alive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Diego is a mad horn dog. Dude, uh, that tortoise. Approximately forty percent of the two thousand turtles repatriated to Espanola Island, where Diego was originally from. Uh, approximately forty percent are considered to be Diego's descendants. That's a lot. Diego, my dude. 
Dude, what a fucking sex god. A it's, sex yeah, fiend. It's, it is stated in the articles, among the males, Diego displayed an exceptional sex drive. So much so, he's credited with helping save his species from extinction. Now with his future secured, he can retire. Though who would want to? Yeah, for real, though. Like, you know that he's like he's still going to have, like, like just so much tortoise mm-hmm. coitus. Tortoise coitus. Tortoise coitus. Oh, my God. Trying to see if there's any uh, professor. A, a professor Gibbs described Diego as having a big personality, quite aggressive, active, and vocal in his mating habits. So I think he has gotten the most of the attention. There it is. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that was so, Diego. So uh, cheers to Diego, the Galapagos turtle, for fucking his species out of extinction. <laughs> <sighs> Yeesh. So uh, that has been a that has been a first little bit of uh, fun fun joy for uh, you, our lovely shoppers, on this uh, the inaugural segment of pet news. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure we're, it out. We're, we're still working on the jingle, everybody. It'll, mm-hmm. it'll get better. It'll get better. Anyway, uh, with that rendition of pet news out of the way. Yes. All that's left is the episode. The episode. Mm-hmm. We've uh, we've come at you twice now mm. with um with, with with creatures of this caliber, and now that means we're back mm. with Big Boys Three. Big Boys Three, bigger, badder boys. Bigger, badder boys. Big Boys Three. Just like the, this is getting out of hand. How big these <laughs> boys are. Big Boys Three. Oh shit! Those are some big boys. What I love is that I'm pretty sure we did this exact bit at the beginning of Last Big Boys. Which is why I wanted to do it again. Oh, Fantastic. Real quick though, did you see that they're making a new Bad Boys film? It's already out. It's already out? It's already out. God damn it. Why are they making another Bad Boys? I don't know. Those guys are old. Hey, w- Will's still got the heart of a lion. I guess. But yeah, anyway, Big Boys call 3. This out. Live free or die hard. <laughs> Big Boys 3. I've had enough of this. I'm going to go to bed. Big Boys 3. Damn. <laughs> Just damn? Damn. Big Boys 3. Oh, hot damn. This is my Big Boys. Big Boys 3. Let's start with that first Big Boy. All right. <laughs> uh, as a reminder, uh, the Big Boys category is uh, we'll be discussing creatures of a classified huge size or larger. Uh, we've already covered a number of these creatures in the previous Big Boys episodes. You can go have, hop back and listen to those over at PetShopCast.com or on your favorite podcatcher. But starting off, we are going to be in uh, Oval's Guide to Critters. And we will be discussing the froghemoth. A froghemoth, you a say? A froghemoth. A frogamoth. A frog. <laughs> frogamoth. A frogamoth. That sounds like a, a Pokemon. Yes, frogamoth. Frogamoth. Um, a a froghemoth. Uh, you know, a behemoth, but also a frog. There you go. It is huge. So it is, you know, 20 feet tall or so, thereabouts. It fits the criterion. Yeah. Uh, It has this sort of uh, sickly, swampy green body, um, about four tentacles, stands on two very stout, wide legs with kind of the frog-webbed toes. Yeah. Um, It doesn't have a traditional head, which is always a fun statement. Um, At the top of its... Man, like... Where does the torso end and the head begin on this thing? I guess at the it, mouth. It, it's just sort of a big bean shape. It's a big bean shape with a mouth about a third of the way down from the top. And this little kind of scorbly thing at the top where there's three big eyes. Yeah, it's sort of like if you, if, if, if you, uh, you know, do the, um, I guess the American, like, hold up three fingers. So your index uh, yeah. ring in middle uh, and, and then just sort of curve them forward. And it's those like, are just sort yeah. Of, it's it's there, so I think like it can peer out of like the sw- it can be submerged underwater, yeah. And the three little eyes can appear and poke out of the out of the swamp water. I wonder if they move independently, like the eyes. That would be yeah, like if Ooh. if they're like three individual stocks that can. I don't know. Do their it's kind of hard thing. to tell from this picture. Either um, way, it's kind of gross. 
Yeah. Um, but frog hemoths, uh, they are uh, described as amphibious predators, as big as an elephant. Um, it, they lair in swamps, have four tentacles, a thick rubbery hide, a fang-filled maw, and a prehensile tongue, uh, and an extendable stalk sprouting three bulbous eyes that face in different directions. So the eyes do face in different directions. Um, Gross. Yeah. Frogemoths are creatures not of this world. They have uh, an otherworldly sort of origin. A journal, purportedly written long ago by the wizard Lum the Mad, describes strange cylindrical chambers of metal buried in the ground from which frogemoths first emerged, but no reliable reports of the location of such place exist. Ooh. Strange. My headcanon now, before I read further, is that we made frogemoths. UTP. And we... Because the government's obviously hiding planar technology from us. Clearly. And so... They were like, ooh, these things is nasty. I don't like these. Or like the scientist in charge was like afraid of frogs and decided to throw them in the, the planar cannon and shot them to the Forgotten Realms. Oh, man. Fucking uh, Brigadier General Schmidt Holtz. Yeah. And his, his fear of frogs. dislike of frogs. That fucking guy. Every few years, a frog hemoth can lay a fertile egg without mating. Huh. The frog hemoth cares nothing for its egg and might eat the hatchling. Yikes. So great start, frog hemoths. <laughs> a young frog hemoth's survival is most often uh, predicated on its parent leaving it behind in indifference. A newborn frog hemoth grows to full size over the period of months by indiscriminately preying on other creatures in its swampy domain. It learns to hide its enormous body in murky pools, keeping only its eye stalks above the water to watch for passing creatures. When food comes within reach, the frog hemoth erupts from the pool, tentacles and tongue flailing. It can grab several targets at once, keeping them at bay while it wraps its tongue around another one and pulls it in to be devoured. Yikes. Yeah, they're big, just kind of swamp thing frog critters. Uh... They're pretty durable, as their size would suggest. They are uh, they, they're amphibious. There's a strange sort of anomaly with them, though, where they are resistant to like shock and lightning effects, mm-hmm. but at the same time susceptible to it. Huh. Um, like they, it doesn't damage them so badly, but if they are uh, affected by like lightning damage or shock abilities, they're more sluggish. Uh, and it, like, slows them down, but it doesn't hurt them as much, which is bizarre. That's strange. A, a strange side effect of their, of their, of their strange origins. Because huh. who knows uh, what we did to these things that, that caused that. Here in good, the good old U.S. of A. Cause we're, that's, that's, my, that's my canon now. We fucking made these things. <laughs> we had to have. I mean, come on. Yeah. It was our hubris, Griffin. Our, our hubris. hubris. But yeah, they, they lash out with their tentacles. They can grapple people and pull them in and swing them around and stuff. Uh, a frog hemoth's mouth is big enough to hold to up to two creatures at a time. Which is... Okay. Which sucks. <laughs> Yikes. Um, and they can just use that tongue to pull them. Just... Just gobble them. Gobble okay. Them straight just straight up gobbled, bro. Yeah, they're dangerous. That's rough. Rough yeah. riders. <laughs> Um, are you familiar with bullywugs? The little, little frog folks? Yeah, not the grung. Not the grung. Bullywugs are, are... But grung are similar. They're also little frog folks. Yes. Um, but uh, bullywug tribes, um, if they come across a frog hemoth, the bullywugs will often treat the frog hemoth as a god. Oh. And, and do everything they can to kind of coax it back to their den. Uh, Oval does say that frog hemoths can be tamed, quote-unquote, uh, through offerings of food, and bullywugs can communicate with it on a basic level, so the creature might only meet, uh, they might only eat a few bullywugs before following the rest. Gotcha. Bullywugs gather food as tribute for it, provide it with a comfortable lair, fanatically protect it from harm, and try to ensure that any youthful uh, frog hemoths reach maturity. Oh. So these little frog folk just see a big frog folk and be like mm, we're gonna you're god now that's Which kind is, of nice like fair. in a weird way i yeah. guess it's like if huh. i met like a like a 30 foot tall griffin 
I'd be like, yeah, what do you You are my god now. What do you need, man? I got you. Now, I want to see, like, a giant froggy myth, like, ping pong game. Oh, shit. Like, a paddle in each tentacle, like, and tongue. And just, like, with, with probably like three balls going at once oh yeah it has to be at least three i think that's the different stages of difficulty like that's the different like tiers of of play i think master tier is like five five paddles five balls Mm -hmm. until some like frog hemoth prodigy uh completely changes the game yeah because you know like how gymnastics has developed over time like crazy yeah no the same with like diving yeah mm mm-hmm where, like, like it, was, I, it was cool just to do, like, a big swan dive, and now you have to do, like, six flips and, like, yeah, exactly. spins and shit. There was a great, uh, like, side-by-side video I saw a while ago of, like, the, you know, middle of the 1900s, like, gold mm-hmm. gymnastics routine, like, gold medal winning gymnastics routine compared to, like, the 2018 one. And the one, the first one, the, like, mid-1900s, it's just a person running forward at a reasonable pace doing, like, one flip over the the vault thing and landing. Mm -hmm. And the modern-day one is full sprint, flip, spin, 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 laser beams, land. Yeah, progress um, (laughs) isn't always great. (laughs) (laughs) But, man, yeah, Froghemoth Ping Pong I'm down for. Um, Froghemoths are unaligned. Yes. So they are are more akin to uh, Beasts of the Wild. So there might be some room for, uh, like, the bullywugs of some basic communication. Uh, they seem to be food responsive, which is handy. They are they're amphibious, and they seem to prefer natural swamp, marsh-like dwellings. So if you're maybe in the American South, this might be a, a fun little bayou friend to have. This is, I think the second episode in a row where it's, like, a, a good Everglades mm. sort of creature. Yeah, down there in the Everglades, the Everglades that are in like Louisiana, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mississippi. Yeah, they are. They're pretty. They're they're huge again. So as we've discussed in former Big Boys episodes, these big boys are not for everyone. You no, need to have. No, they're not <laughs> ample food supply, ample, ample shelter. Mm-hmm, that that to... is, I believe, a given when it comes to Big Boys episodes. Yeah. Just You're not going to be able to keep these the in, in, in a little suburban home. It's just, it's just not going to work for you. It, it, it just won't do. But frog hemoths, I think there's, there's, there's a lot going for them. Obviously, they're just fun to look at. They would probably make great like uh, sentries for your for your operations in the swamp. If if you have operations, if you have swamp based operations, obviously, like any of the big boys, kind of have a have an intimidation factor settled into them it's like a mm-hmm. it's like a status symbol almost you know like owning a like a lex coop oh yeah it's like ooh, shit i don't want to mess with that guy he's got a frog hemoth <laughs> <laughs> I, like i don't think you'd mess with anyone with a frog hemoth because i don't want to get eaten yeah they're 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 very blubbery though so like i don't know i feel like you could like bounce up and down on one and have a good time have a decent time with it like a mobile bounce house. Yeah. That smells pretty bad. That probably smells pretty bad. <laughs> being real being, murky, real swampy, real gross. Yeah, being swamp bound and such. But uh yeah. Those them's them's is the frog hemoths. And uh I think I think they're they're cool. We don't have a ton. Uh the young ones are hard to to uh scoop up. But we've yeah. got a few we've got a few in stock. So uh, you know, check on check them out if you're if you've got the means, there is the there is the forms and the vetting process you have to go through with all big boys. But mm-hmm. uh, we welcome your business, and as I'm sure you welcome the challenge. You know, sometimes people just do things for the challenge. Yeah, that's that's buying a big boy from us. I think so as well. Yeah, unless you're like really like cocky or a giant yourself. That's also fair. Yeah, no, for like a like an actual giant, like this could be like, mm-hmm. like a puppy. Yeah, for dragons, for for dragons or for Baylor. like a giant. Yeah, um, yeah. Cool. That's about all I got on frog humans. All right, well, let's keep on moving. Not a not a terribly funny segment, but a pretty good one. <laughs> but a good segment nonetheless. <laughs> we like Up to we like to ease the customers into the yes. comedic process. There we go. <laughs> Up next, we've got something that's a little spooky. It's called a neophilid. 
A neothelid. A neothelid is a well, a gargantuan, sort of slimy worm guy. All right. So neothelid. I'm with, I'm with um, you so far. It is gargantuan, as I said. It's purple. Um, but unlike a purple worm, it's got sort of, um, well, you know how Stranger Things, the Demigorgon, how its face sort of opens into like the four like little petals? Yeah. It's kind of got that thing going on where it's okay. got four of like, so, sort of four like fins or petal things that are split open. Each one looks like a, like a Grick almost. Sure. Yeah. Has the sort of uh, uh, fin with like the barbs on the ends. Um, Yikes. A, circular cavernous mouth Ugh. with like what looks like big fangs sort of um at four different like equal points along that mm-hmm. um and then just a series of sort of spiked tongues um, oh that stretch out of there oh no yes a, a series you say a series yes Uh-oh. uh no i don't not siri a series no that's what i said no, uh, sorry, my iPad. I said a series, oh. <laughs> and my, my iPad was like, yes. And I'm like, no, not you. That's technology uh. for you. <laughs> a slime-covered worm of immense size, a neothelid, is the result of the Mind Flayer reproductive cycle gone horribly wrong. On rare occasions, an illithid colony uh, collapses, typically after an external assault, and the elder brain is killed. When that happens, the colony's tadpoles are suddenly freed from their fate. They no longer serve as food and, in turn, are no longer fed by their caretakers. Uh, driven by hunger, they turn in. Uh, they turn to devouring one another. Only one tadpole survives out of the thousands in the colony's pool, and it emerges as a neothelid. Holy shit. Yep. This is some, like, cell stage of spore shit. Kind of. That says that they're abhorrent to illithids. Among ah. the strongest taboos in illithid society is the idea of allowing a mature tadpole to survive without implanting it into a, a, dorm, a, a donor brain. Under normal circumstances, any tadpole that grows larger than a few inches in length is killed by the elder brain to be food for it or for less mature tadpoles. Any tadpole that survives beyond that state is perceived as a threat to the colony, and the Mind Flayers organize hunting parties to exterminate the, aber- uh, the abomination. Lacking enough intelligence to be detected by an elder brain's power to sense thoughts, uh, neothelids ah. warrant such precautions. Interesting. Yes. That's very cool. Yeah, lastly, they're described as savage behemoths. Well, sure. As a feral thing, a neothelid knows nothing beyond its uh, the predatory existence it has lived so far and struggles to comprehend its new psionic abilities. Neothelids prowl subterranean passages in search of more brains to sate their constant hunger, growing ever more vicious. These creatures can spray tissue-dissolving enzymes from their tentacle ducts, Whoa. reducing victims to a puddle of slime and leaving only the pulsing brain unharmed. They have no knowledge of their link to illithids, so they're just as likely to prey on mind flayers as on anything else. They have brain-seeking ooze. They have brain-seeking ooze. Which I think is Medley's third favorite band. Brain-seeking ooze? That sounds, yeah. that sounds pretty good. I'm oh, not going to text that to you, Carlin. I'm just going to wait for you to listen to this episode. Yeah. Um, but holy shit. So these things are created they, they they come into existence by virtue of a, a mind flare colony collapsing and yes. then they exist purely to destroy more illithids kind of yeah that's right oh shit stuff just gets more ridiculous and i was i was going to ask like you mentioned psionics in there like do they have cuz mind flares oh, are are known for their psionic sort of capabilities yeah. do they have like a remnants of that oh buddy just strap in. Ugh. First and foremost, uh, Neothelids are aware of the presence of creatures within one mile of it that have an intelligence score of four or higher. It knows the distance and direction to each creature, as well as each creature's intelligence, uh, but can't sense anything else about it. Cool. So they can figure out what where anything within a mile of it is. And I like I like to think that because they can determine the intelligence of a creature, they know which creatures are the tastiest. Yes. <laughs> now, it can also cast Levitate at will. Uh so flying gargantuan snake. Uh oh. <laughs> 
It can also cast Confusion, Feeble Mind, and Telekinesis. Ah! That stinks! They are also resistant to magic. Yeah. They kind of they kind of ooze magic. They have their Dude. little tongue tentacles um, and their acid breath. Very bad acid. Um, and just very badass, if you will. Uh-huh. Um, they're scary. They're very scary. Yeah. They're wowsers. <laughs> This this is going to be a trickier one because like we can get our hands on a lot of things for for in terms of like food mm-hmm. for our our various menagerie brains are a little harder brains are a bit hard to come by there's not like you can't just pick a brain off a tree that's fair unless I mean we'll have to maybe make some contacts with like um like uh, like morgues and funeral homes. Um, mm. And the like, yeah, organ um, donors, yeah, and and try and collect, yeah, them. This is this is like a villain pet. No, no, most definitely. I think this um, one's for kind our of more evilly aligned. They are chaotic evil themselves. Yeah, I think this is a. I despite all of our best intentions with a lot of these critters, I think this one's just a villain pet. This one might just be plain deck nasty evil. <laughs> 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 Plain dag nasty evil. I don't like to resign anything to you know to being just one thing because as we say, you know, there's an exception to every alignment. But this thing might just be plain dag nasty evil, man. Yeah, it eats brains it, kind of exclusively. It exists to destroy. That, like, and that's sort of it. That's all it wants to do. I would wager that you could have an easier time like making friends with a with a traditional purple worm than you could with an eothelid. Oh, most definitely. A purple that worm, a, like a, there's just something I don't know. There's 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 a degree of whimsy to them to some degree. Yeah, but neothelids just sound. This is just darkness, like an evil <laughs> apparent, like. <laughs> why did we why did we do this why did we get um, these because you know we like to to have a variety for our our, our you know, faithful customers yeah and, um and although it scares the bejesus out of us um <laughs> it's nice to yeah. do i guess <laughs> We're, we it, it is worth mentioning that we we have these currently in stasis as we do not have the the brains to sustain them right now. Or the means so. to truly contain them. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. We do have a couple, like, giants, like storm giants that we're friends with who, who come in and do some, like, freelance work for us every now and then when we need some of the big boys wrangled. Um, yeah. But... Uh, with some of the we we've been we've been dipping into um the ninth world a little bit more and we have some we've we've picked up some some ciphers that help uh kind of keep these things in technology stasis. Yeah. yeah so thank you ninth world friends oh most definitely but um <sighs> be prepared if you're coming to buy a neophilid to be ready to feed it immediately um and and then just don't stop feeding it ever. <laughs> this is this is going to be like a this is like an outside pet. Oh. You know, this is one that you kind of just let do its thing and occasionally it'll come back and you can yeah. you can touch base and being like, "Ah, oh, hi yeah, Ned. You have to leave its tags off though so when it actually <laughs> kills someone they can't trace it back to they you. They can't trace it back to you. <laughs> they are they are tagged they are like chipped though so you can, yeah. you can, you can so, so you can, you know where it's at but also you can pull up its location on your phone so it knows where you are if it's within a mile but you know where it is if it's within five miles of your phone there you go that's <laughs> <laughs> all right oh, so i believe shit. that is neophilids oh that's just awful Oh, oh god, they're they're rough riders indeed. Just plain dagnasty evil. Just plain dagnasty evil, man. Alright. Well, um before we move on, folks, uh we are we are happy to announce we have a new sponsor on the show. Um so uh it's really all I have to say. Uh let's roll that ad, shall we? Yeah. Has this ever happened to you? 
My husband took our only steed out on his month-long poker retreat, and now I don't have a way to get to the market for fresh produce and cheeses. Now the children will only have bland tubers to eat. How will they grow big and strong while husband is away? What am I supposed to do? Or what about this? There was an evildoer escaping that I was in hasty pursuit of. But despite my God-granted semblance of authority, no one would let me commandeer their horse. I had to chase them on foot, like a peasant! Do you have any idea how foolish I looked? I got mud on my cape. My cape! And the evildoer escaped. Now I have to spend all my hard-earned coins on dry cleaning. Nothing could be worse than this. For eons, humble folk and heroes alike have found themselves in need of a steed. Alas, their geographical locale, or the heavy weight of poverty, makes that need impossible to fill. Well, no longer. Anything and everything can become your new rideable friend with the Annie Mount. The Annie Mount is a lightweight tote bag that folds out into a comfortable, stylish saddle that, when placed upon any inanimate object, animates it into a loyal mount that can take you and your belongings anywhere. The saddle carefully analyzes the object, ensuring the magical limbs it grows are in the most efficient and tasteful spots for maximum speed and stability. Just hop on your new faithful steed and tell it where you'd like to go. It's as easy as riding a weird living bike. The Annie Mount's patented planar positioning sigils ensure automated travel and 98.5% arrival accuracy. The Annie Mount device comes in a variety of sizes, from pixies to giants. We've got you saddled. We offer a number of Animount packages for any budget. The Gotta Go system creates sturdy legs for those simple trips to the store. The Hydro Thunder system features additional aquatic adaptations for land and sea. The BFW system sprouts the most glorious of wings for unparalleled aerial freedom. And lastly, the Street Racer system for our more modern customers turns anything you wish into a fresh-to-death hoopty. Visit PetShopCast.com and use the promo code ZachRobIsHandsome to get 25% off your first of many orders. Got some place to be? Any mount, any time. Wow, what Ooh. a product. Thank you to the folks over at, uh, at Any Mount for your at sponsorship. Good old, yeah, good old Any Mount. Yeah, we're very happy to have you on board and giving us money. Because feeding all these creatures is very expensive. Yeah, there's. A, anyway, turns out there's a lot of overhead on running a multiversal pet shop. It's a lot. It's a lot, you guys. How are we in no business? Idea. We'll never tell. Ho, ho, ho. Uh, especially when I bring up this third big boy. Because um, I'm just going to be straight with you, Zach. I swear to God, I went down through the through the kind of planar cylindrical chamber that we have to to tap into like kind of our demi planes and whatnot. Yeah. And this thing was just here. I think oh. it might have always been here, and it's just kind of tethered to the shop. Is is it the shop or is it the B try? I don't. That's a good question. I don't know. Because just in one of our demiplanes, one of our basement demiplanes, we have an astral dreadnought. And I'm not oh. sure I'm not sure how we got the astral dreadnought. Oh. I'm thinking maybe like like Meph sent it as a housewarming gift and like the notes it's got possible. lost in the mail. I don't know. Oh yeah, well yeah, let's, so, let's dive into this, shall we? Yeah. Astral dreadnoughts, um, are among the most fearsome and terrifying things I've, I've ever heard of or seen. Um, they they are natives of the silvery void that is the astral plane, causing planar travelers to shudder at the thought of traveling them. Yeah. Uh, the, according to uh, Mord's Book of Friends, they have been gliding through the astral mists since the dawn of the multiverse, trying to devour all other creatures they encounter. Oh, man. As big as an ancient red dragon and covered from head to tail in layers of thick, spiked plates, a dreadnought has two gnarled limbs that end in razor-sharp pincer claws. Constellations appear to swirl in the depths of its single eye, and its serpentine armored tail trails off into the silvery void. Oh. 
Yeah, it's they're 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 kind of they're. I went with the with Mord's description because like I don't really know how to describe what I'm looking at. They are all I mean, they're they're classified gargantuan as well for a size reference. They're just hulking. They're also classified as a titan. Yeah, as as they're just ancient primordial things. Fucking yikes! Man, this thing is buck wild. Uh, an astral dreadnought lives a solitary existence. On the rare occasion when two dreadnoughts meet, they typically fight until one tires of the conflict and departs. Some mighty villains have enslaved astral dreadnoughts and used them to terrifying effects. They have an anti-magic eye. Okay. Uh, astral sailors claim that insanity awaits anyone who gazes into the eye of the Astral Dreadnought. What one sees is reflected in that starry void is the sudden, terrifying realization of one's own mortality. The eye commits a, a, emits a continuous anti-magical field, uh, and like other creatures with anti-magic things, they can shut it off simply by closing their eyes, though they rarely have reason to do so. They're described as remorseless, indiscriminate hunters, astral predators. They employ terrifying, if unimaginative, unimaginative tactics. They use their teeth and claws to tear apart their prey, instinctively aware of how dangerous spellcasters can be. They maneuver to keep as many opponents in the anti-magic gaze as possible. While they don't have... This is where things get weird, as if this wasn't weird enough already. While they don't have a... They don't have a digestive system. Or like a stomach. Yeah. Anything they swallow is deposited in a unique demiplane within the creature. An enclosed space that contains eons worth of detritus as well as the remains of dead planar travelers. The place has its own gravity and breathable air and organic, organic matter decays there over time. Escape from the demiplane is possible with magic, uh, but most creatures arrive there only after they have been swallowed and died. When the Dreadnought dies, its demiplane vanishes and its contents are released into the astral plane, all kind of higgledy-piggledy. And while astral Dreadnoughts don't communicate, they simply just find prey and continue their silence drifting to eat. Oh, God. They're really scary, Griff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. What's weird is that it, it, it eats and sleeps if desired, but it does not need to. They are kind of like undead. They don't need to eat, drink, sleep, or breathe. Oh, man. But they eat for the fun of it, I think. Yo, the note from Mord here is intense. You want to read that off for me? Sure. It says astral dreadnoughts exist for one reason. Hubris. Not hubris <laughs> of mortals, but the hubris of gods who deem themselves too mighty to be approached and looked, looked upon. Damn. Ugh, God, these make me really... Uh, Really stressed out. Yeah, they're they're not something you want to ruck with, really. Uh, so again, I'm not really quite sure how we ended up with one. Oh man, and Thera's Dune really did us dirty with these things. Yeah, <laughs> they don't uh, they don't procreate, so the population can't grow. So they're unlike Diego, uh, unable to. They can't, they can't bang themselves back. <laughs> They can't bone themselves into into a greater populace. There are there are very bold astral creatures like the Gith who sometimes try to hunt these things, but there's rarely any success. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, that's. I mean, brave it's like them. it's like trying to you know it's like it's like um, Moby Dick. You know, like we're we're mortal men going to go try to kill ourselves a gigantic whale. Like, hey, hubris. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Like, they're, they're, yeah, that hubris again. Yeah, they were created by Thera's Dune, one of the chained the gods. Chained god. Um, with the intent of devouring planar travelers, seeking portals that lead from the astral plane to the outer planes, portals they might use to gaze upon their gods or realize some dream of godhood. So they were made yeah. to be, like, protectors, in a sense, but not really with any sort of motive. Just a, you're a big predator, go. Yeah. And just Yikes. let them do their thing. These things are awful. These things are bad to look at. 
They're not great. They're sort of eye poison. Yeah, um, they are. They are unaligned. They are unaligned. Which means you could theoretically, based on our previous experience with unaligned creatures, creatures that that uh, the books have classified as unaligned, could be friendly. I would I would pay to see the movie of like a little girl who somehow gets lost in the astral astral plane, Ooh. and through her kindness alone, yeah, befriends an astral dreadnought. It's like a well, seven like year old a, girl oh God, who befriends Godzilla, yeah. like. Uh, what's the, uh, the 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 Marvel comic? Is it Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur or whatever? I have no so, idea. I think it's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. But yes, that's that that's the movie. That's, that's new summer blockbuster. It's like um, it's like a very very extreme My Neighbor Totoro. Yes. <laughs> well, that, that that you hit it. I think that's that's the parallel. <laughs> It's oh, a goodness. it's a it's a Studio Ghibli film. Uh, it's the it's the it's the 2050 remake of My Neighbor Totoro. Oh goodness! But it's an astral dreadnought. Yeah, All they're right. they're they're the one of the most intimidating things I think we have now. Apparently, yeah. um, for real, they're so spooky. They they are dangerous to any sort of uh, astral traveler. Obviously, if you are astral projected, they can just kind of. Separate, sever you from your your astral form. Um, Cut that silver cord that. Yep, that tethers you to your you know your body and your soul. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it can just gobble you up into its stomach dungeon, which is weird. I like. I think that's wild that these things are big enough that they have an entire realm of existence within them. Yeah, that's that's not normal. I don't want. I don't want to think about it. I think it's pretty cool. I think it's harrowing. Think of all the things you could do in there. You could I have mean, like a. Yeah, it's but... like a speakeasy. <laughs> Yo, is that the new speakeasy? <laughs> in, in, inside of an astral dreadnought. It's like a speakeasy. Oh man! You can have all of the, all of the bathtub gin, and all of the. The smuggled booze from over the border, the astral oh. border. Everyone's there playing poker and craps. What would the name of the speakeasy in the astral dreadnought be called? Hmm. I don't really have a good basis for like speakeasy names. You know, they're normally very mundane, right? Like, there's like kind of in town. There's the basement. Yeah, um, like the like the juice place. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I I have no. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's not my forte. Is it the Hmm. I think there's a fruitless bit. I think we need to move on. <laughs> I, I think there's fruit here, my friend. We just need I'm to climb that tree. It. Okay. <sighs> something simple. Something something easy. The star. The emergency exit. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad, actually. I kind of like that. <laughs> it's it's deceptive. It's duplicitous. That's the and best like, I got. I think this is like I think in 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 if there's like a if if we this this might be our emergency exit is hopping inside the astral dreadnought. Yeah, in case we get yeah what happened last Halloween happens again. Yeah, I think we just run inside the astral dreadnought, just dive into its gob. It's the emergency exit, and then we we kick back. We we head to the emergency exit, have a drink, and wait for this to all blow over. We don't have the ability to cast magic to get out of there, though. We will bring an emergency plane shift scroll, and we'll be fine. Kay. Actually, We're- let me just let me just go get one right now and huck it into the demi plane so that it eats it, and it's just there waiting for us. When we, we need when to we mount to it in. on something in like a glass case. Yeah. Okay. So we can break you know break glass in case mm-hmm, of emergency. Mm-hmm. Sort of we thing. can we can whip something up. It'll be good. So. Um, if you want an astral dreadnought, I'm not sure how we can like transfer it to you, but we're willing to engage in that conversation for the right price. Hit us up on Twitter at BadJobCast. <laughs> oh, um, well, does that mean if we're regifting this kind of essentially? No. Okay. We don't know if it was a gift. This Fair could enough. very well be just why the Bermuda Triangle is the hellscape it's supposed to be 
Just because mm. this thing has just been tearing shit apart for centuries. I'm here for that. That makes sense to me. That makes perfect sense. It's just is that the Bermuda Triangle is guarded by an astral dreadnought? The astral dreadnought is just full of boats. Oh, dude, it's so many boats. A couple planes. Amelia Earhart's probably in there somewhere. Ah, shit. Damn. Right? Oh, we'll have to go do we'll Buck wild. We'll have to go exploring. There we are. All right. Uh, well, that brings us into our, our last creature of the day. Our last creature of the day. This is a great one. I don't know um, how many of you would have heard of this, um, but this last creature is the noble elephant. <laughs> <laughs> the elephant is... Just, just, just an elephant? Yeah, an elephant. I mean, you don't know who's who, who out there in the multiverse has heard about an elephant. You know, fair. <laughs> Sometimes we want to let the people of the multiverse know about what's going on in UTP, okay? That's fair, that's fair. That's so, fair. elephants are uh, classified as mammals here <laughs> um, in the what we would refer to as the prime material plane um, of the, the Earth uh, realm. The, yeah, of the the family elephant was oh, elephant T day T day T day I don't know sure um anyway an elephant is um would also be classified as huge um is a large um it's got a very sort of rough hewn gray skin for the most part I have seen brown elephants before as well really um yeah I've seen Ooh. them brown before um I'm gonna go through Google Images yeah uh they have a uh, Sort of very large, flat ears stick out the side. A very large um, and long trunk um, for where a nose would be, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, on both sides of those trunks, um, uh, tusks that are made of ivory. Now they are descendant, I believe, of a mastodon of some sort, an offshoot. They're from the same family, maybe. Yeah, same same yes. family of. Big hulking land beasts. The mastodon or the woolly mammoth. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Chunks um, and yes, they are tusks. quadrupeds. If I did not mention that already, um, and uh, yeah, they're great. They're, they are um, the they are the largest existing land mammals. Land mammal. Yeah, that in that exists. UTP. Now they are found um, in uh, the countries of 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 Africa and Asia, not countries, the continents. There we go. <laughs> Who the fuck am I? Uh, in both <laughs> in both in both Africa and Asia, um, I believe they're two different sort of not species, but what what word am I looking for? Types. Oh no, there's three species. Yes, that are currently recognized: the African bush elephant, the African forest elephant, and the Asian elephant. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Um, yeah, they've got their large trunk that they use um, for your breathing, and they it's pretty it's pretty prehensile. They can pick things up with it. They can also sort of store water in it for short periods of time. Sick. Um, and yeah, they they like to shoot them around. Um, now uh, I'm reading a thing about uh, fun elephant facts, and it yeah. says that an elephant's trunk weighs up to 400 pounds, but can pick up things as small as a single grain of rice. Just its trunk weighs 400 pounds? Apparently. Holy cow. Yeah. These things are beefy. But they're they're super dexterous, apparently, with that yeah, trunk. Yeah, no, like, they, they can, like, pinch, I think, with, like, you know, it's got, like, yeah. a... It's, yeah, the, the, picture, the picture I'm looking at is an elephant taking off uh, someone's hat. Oh, that's really <laughs> cute. Now, what's, what's um, rough about them is... Not rough about them, um, is that their tusks are made of ivory... Which is um, at least uh, a UTP uh, very uh, highly regarded is valuable and sought after, and so elephants are frequently hunted mm-hmm. for their tusks by bastards. By bastards. By bastards. Um, and if men. you're and if you're out there, we do not approve. And if you're out there listening right now, jokes on you. We have your IP address, and we're coming for you. I don't want to taunt people that much. I will. Okay, go for it. We're coming for um, you. We're sending the goon squad, baby. <laughs> there you go. Fuck yeah. Um, elephants have been um, known to be used as mounts. Um, and you just ride on a nice cute elephant. I have a very fun uh, f- picture of both my, my fiance and our friend Abby riding an elephant at a renaissance fair. Nice. Um, 
They're also very um, regarded as being very intelligent creatures. Their intelligence mm-hmm. um, are compared to that of um, of like primates. They're very yeah. so smart and self aware. Yeah, um, the, that's one of the other facts that I was reading about. They join yeah. humans, apes, and dolphins as the only uh, animals with self awareness. Yeah, they tend to show empathy for the dying and dead family members. Um, and there's a I, I don't know how true it is, but there's some colloquialism that they never forget. Yeah, that they have very great, uh, very great memories. Like people have met them, you know, uh, at one point, like met an elephant and created a bond with them, and then have been gone for for very long uh, stretches of time, mm-hmm. and then come back, and the elephant seems to remember them. So that's nice. Yeah, they're very, they're seemingly very like emotional and empathetic creatures, which is just yeah. excellent. Yeah, but but they're also just huge and very good protectors and can fuck shit up. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what do you think the max, like the... So the African bush ele- elephants are the largest of them. What do you think their maximum like weight is? Of, of the, the African bush elephant? Yeah. I'm going to guess upwards of three tons. That'd be 6,000 pounds, I'm, I believe I'm so. Um, no, higher. Really? Upwards of six and a half tons. Whoa. 13,000 pounds. That's crazy. Yeah, like, we we have this, this you know, kind of predisposition to be like, oh, elephants are kind of like, because of Dumbo, I think, largely. It's like, yeah. elephants are cute, and, and they're, they're empathetic, and they're sweet. And I don't think we appreciate just how fucking big they are. <laughs> they are. They're so big. I've never met an elephant in person. I mean, maybe I've seen one at a zoo, but like it doesn't, you know, stand out to me really. But mm-hmm. like if I've never interacted with an elephant, you know? Yeah. And if I did, I'd be just like, oh my god, you could just step on me and break every bone in my body. That yes. Now it says that it can live up to seventy years in the mm-hmm. wild, which is crazy. Now this is intense. It, you know they can communicate sort of with each other by touch, sight, smell, and sound. You know the, using the basic senses, but they can also use um, th- this says infrasound Ooh. and forms of seismic communication over long distances. <laughs> so you're saying that elephants have tremor sense? I think they kind of have tremor sense. <laughs> I mean, they've got their big sort of, like, pillar-like legs that, like, spread out real thick. And I'm like, they've got to be able to pick something up with those. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. That's, that's crazy great. cool. Oh, man. Elephants are great. And although they are huge, I find them very adorable. Oh, no. They're they're phenomenal. Here's another fun so, uh, fact. Elef- yeah. Female elephants have the longest pregnancy of any mammal, UTP. Yeah. Yeah? How long? A lengthy 22 months. 22 months? Uh-huh. Are you serious? According to the, according to this this fact I'm reading, that's buck wild. Yeah, they're also like can pick up that's... some pretty intense speed. Yeah, um, yo, that's almost two years. Yeah, could you like? I can't even imagine what it's like being pregnant. Women out there that have been pregnant, imagine that, but like almost what three times longer. And you're an elephant. <laughs> And you're an elephant. Also, that can top speed up to about 25 miles per hour. That's impressive. Like, what's the fastest speed a human can, like, like the record for fastest person? I mean, Usain Bolt, right? I think so. Usain Bolt, top speed, 27 miles per hour. That's insane as well. Usain Bolt can outpace an elephant? Barely. Just barely, and probably not for that long. Holy shit. And that's the f- the fastest person on the planet. Yeah. Like, in history. Yeah. So, like... Damn. Ele- elephants could crush the rest of us. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Oh, oh man. man. Elephants are excellent. I, I, I don't know, like... I, I'm I'm now trying to cross back into the, the, fa- the fantastical realms that we uh, dip our toes into... And trying to like place elephants in those realms, uh, yeah. Like, what would what would like a stone giant do with an elephant? A like, stone giant? Like they'd be they'd be buds probably, right? Like, yeah, buds. I mean, they'd also probably be good at pulling. I'm assuming that a, a larger like like field plow. Ooh, yeah. Oh my god, I, you just I mean, opened good, up an entire know, world for me in my head. There we go. 
Now, this is what I re- I, I, I'm reading here. Males or bulls of the species are essentially turned into frat bros. Yeah. It says that uh, males leave their family groups when they reach puberty and may live alone or with other males, i.e. a frat house. <laughs> Adult bulls mostly interact with family groups when looking for a mate. They enter a state of increased testosterone and aggression known as must. M-U-S-T-H. One, one, one more again? Must. Must. Uh, which helps them gain dominance over other males as well as reproductive success. It says that the calves, yeah, no, are the usually the center of attention of their family groups, which makes sense because it took nearly two years to make them. Yeah, that's a precious resource right there. And rely on their mothers for as long as three years. Yeah, yeah. And then the rest of the sixty-seven years that they can live up to, they're uh, they kind of do their own thing. They go I, off being frat bros. I think it's wild that a baby elephant weighs more than me. Yeah, that's like a newborn wild. elephant is bigger than me. I mean, it makes sense if you were, yeah, you know, if your mom was pregnant with you for two years, you might be as big as a baby elephant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Really had some time to cook in there. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's elephants. Elephants are great, and I'm very glad that we added them to this episode of Big Boys. They're big, they're big boys, and they're big, lovable boys. Oh, now there's something I figured after like all of the the frog hemoths and the dreadnoughts and shit, just something warm. That's fair. We had a dark episode. The elephant brought some much needed light. The fact that elephants are like one of the empathetic creatures in the world just makes me happy. Yeah. Oh man. Elephants are great. Go go. Hey, real talk. Go like donate to a charity that supports you know like an adopt elephant kind of thing. Yeah, uh, elephant preservation and and whatever else. Conservancy. Like, Yes, that's that's the word I was looking for. Conservation, because like yeah, Diego, pe- people hunt them all the time for like. It's like, yeah, what yeah, are you or, doing? Or fucking find poachers and dox them or something. Yeah, <laughs> if, if you've got the for ability of to our, do that, why not? For all of our dark web listeners. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. So that is our creatures for the day. All of our big boys part three ness. Indeed. Um. Uh, and uh, yeah, now we're we've arrived at the end of the episode. Indeed, uh, thank you all for for joining us uh, once again as we uh, continue on into our second year of of pet shopping. Um, mm-hmm. If you haven't, I would encourage you to check out the new Ghostlight Media Patreon page. Yeah, we have updated the reward tiers, and uh, over the course of the year, there will be some exclusive content, uh, not only for Pet Shop but for all the other shows on the network. Uh, we actually just released our first bits of exclusive content for Another Path, which is super cool. Um, a one shot that. Uh, our GM Chase did with uh, returning guest Christina. So if you're into another path and want some sick Addy content, go check it out. As well as the other shows on the network, like Imprinted Echoes and Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's all oh, I've got. I think, that's, I think that is about everything. Yeah. Uh, please feel free to any questions you have, any recommendations you're looking for, for you or for your D and D character, uh, send them to us, DM us at pet shop cast. I would love to hear, like, I'd love to do a matchmaker thing. where like, tell us what your D and D character is and we will find you the best pet for your character. Oh, tell, definitely. Tell us a little bit about them. Tell us about the adventure that they're going on or that they're currently on. And we'll hook you up, uh, with a, the best fit for your character most definitely fantastic well until then folks at home uh i've been zag i've been griffin and just remember everybody at the end of the day why it's all about love baby it's all about love baby baby good night everybody pet news Thank you all for listening to episode 31 of Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. If you've enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a review or telling a friend about us. You can find us as part of the Ghostlight Media Network over at ghostlightmedia.net or on Twitter at Pet Shop Cast. On our website, you can find links to our merch store and Patreon page, which helps support all of the Ghostlight Media shows and all of the people who create them. Speaking of which, thank you to our patrons Everett, Kim, and Nathan for your continued support. We'd like to thank Nikki Does Puzzles for making our theme song. You can find her sound 
SoundCloud at Nikki Does Puzzles or at Tuttle underscore Trouble on Twitter. We'd like to thank our friend Rin for voicing the ads you hear on the show featuring Nikki today. You can find Rin on Twitter at Rin underscore Moran or on the Imprinted Echoes podcast as part of Ghostlight Media. We'll be back in just two weeks with another episode. Until then, stay sexy. And if you have a dog at home, please give them a head scratch for me because, boy, howdy, do I miss my dogs. Bye-bye. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.